it's a business. The love of diving is gone. Is not there, Correct. and that's. Uh, well, okay, I guess so, that's my criticism. Okay, so let's. Uh, yeah. I just want a new refrigerator. Great day we're having, isn't it? The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Wow, he's a diver. He's got fins. Is anything worthwhile in life takes work. You got my back, bro? Okay, so, hey, we're back. James and Brando. Back at you. The Great Dive Podcast. Your favorite scuba diving podcast show. The dynamic duo of scuba diving. I heard somebody call us that. Yes. I think it was you. I just now, I just called us <laughs> the dynamic duo of scuba diving. Well, it's fitting because, you know, for for many, many months now, I've been using the old Batman line of, I changed it to dive, but you know that's same bat time, same bat channel. I you know on the yeah, same yeah. dive time. And I've been saying same a, dive a lot of uh, like holy frogfish, Batman, holy split fins, Jamesy, <laughs> <laughs> pow, blammo. The young kids right now are like, what no, the hell they... are these guys talking about? Young kids missed a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, there's cool stuff right now for them. Some things. But some things are just not that, just not that cool. I want to tell them they're going to look back and go, uh, we weren't that cool. It's just like us looking back towards the 70s. If you were ever were wearing like bell-bottom jeans or, you know, the silky, remember the silky shirts that came in and out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you look back at, oh, God, did I have, or a fad haircut. And I tried to tell my kids this. Wear clothes that are just classic, comfortable, and, and, you know, are kind of a statement, not so much a statement of you, but they reflect you. You know, you look back on the pictures and go, yeah, there's me and my, you know, whatever, uh, T-shirt and jeans and tennis shoes, which never goes out of style, you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, kind of, but you got to live a little. That's living? Yeah, really. I don't think that's living. Throw on the leather jacket, grease your hair. On 50s day. (laughs) (laughs) And they'll be making fun of you, Fonzie. Get a tattoo. Hey, Mr. Fonzarelli, get your ass back in high school. Remember Mr. Fonzarelli had to go back to high school because he dropped out because he was too cool for school. Too cool for school. Interestingly enough, we were talking uh, up north over the weekend with mom hanging out. We were listening to listening to some tunes on those you know Spotify radio stations that you can make up. My mom was telling me they don't make a they don't make mixtapes anymore. You don't no, make a mixtape no, for just, your gal. You boom, just, just you, you can just make, send it's, it's them a playlist. It's called a mixed playlist. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but the old mixtape days those are the good old days. But my mom was telling me 
she's like, uh, she's like, oh yeah, your dad liked the Ramones. Your dad liked the Clash because the Clash came on. Anyway, All right, so let's get back to work. King Cronin. All hail. And then King. Laverne and Shirley. Sorry. <laughs> no. All hail All King hail Cronin. King Cronin. Patty Chief, bent on acquiring new divers, was the cover story article for Aquacore magazine in the December January of nineteen ninety five issue. The now king of scuba diving. The king. The king of scuba definitely the king of scuba marketing. That is a more accurate title. King of scuba marketing. Well, he he was one of the early classic divers that got diving in the fifties. Yeah, uh, dug it, enjoyed it, started uh, you know like a but he was like a, a lot of guys. Well, he yeah, what did he do? Well, he started selling. I was going to say, what was he? What was his career? He was in when sporting goods as a salesman in, a, okay. in sporting goods. Okay, and then got this into this w- new niche sports. Scuba yeah. and started selling specifically scuba. Went to the big dogs, U.S. divers, and became the top top dog there. Selling, selling scuba. First, so, uh, first so you, to rack up a million dollars in sales in a year. So he's a salesman. And that's back in the the heyday of when when scuba sales reps made great give commissions. A, give our listeners a like a, a decade time frame. So this would have been like 60s, 70s. 60s, 70s, or 50s, 60s? Well, yeah, 50s, 60s, 70s. He was when was of, Patty? When was Patty created? 66. Right, so this is 50s, 60s. When he was selling for, and then and then created Patty. Yeah, yeah. well, but at the same time, he was working for U.S. Yeah, divers yes. to make a, you know, to put the food on the table each week. So when people are, you know, griping about Mare's uh, buying SSI, this is not the first time that a, that a, I shouldn't say that, that you, U.S. divers did not collaborate with Patty, but no, the guy in, fact, yeah, in they, charge of Patty was the U.S. Dives. And you, when you look, you know, another agency, a technical agency that was being criticized for having their own gear brand. And I remember this because I represented that agency as an instructor. But they get a lot of criticism saying you're pushing, you're teaching just to push your gear. And we used to say, we don't care what gear you use. But anyway, they received a lot of criticism. Well, of course. And so did another person, you know, that is doing the same thing now, other people. But just look, this was this was done from the beginning. Listen, a lot of agencies and a lot of sales reps that have come into me over the years have all had their dream of having as close of a handheld relationship with an agency, especially yeah. a big agency, mm-hmm. to have their little picture of their little computer on page 40, Four, 42 right. of the manual. Yeah, it feeds. You know, they, they, other, they all yeah. work yeah. they all they're all working on getting that that symbiotic relationship because mm-hmm. they know what's good for the money goose begets is good money for the gander. and uh, exactly <laughs> yeah. money, money begets, begets money. money cowboys scrape the shit from your boots before entering so that was the that was the sign that old john cronin had hanging on his door of his office because he was a no bullshit straight talking man Groovies, and then he'd appreciate what we have to say. I think he would. He would. I think he'd so, defend himself, though. But I, I think there's some things that are well. When you're on the when you're on the cutting yeah. block a little bit, you got you got to go on the yeah. defensive. And kudos and, uh, to him. And he should be on the defensive of some things, and he mm-hmm. should be praised for a lot of other I'll things. Lo- I, and uh, I'd agree. 
I'd agree. When you look at the big picture of things, of where we are, we owe a lot to John Cronin for creating Patty. It's that double-edged sword, and we said it last episode, and I think I think this episode will reinforce that. It, yeah, I mean, I think what he did as far as a business model was huge and certainly created an enormous volume of new divers coming in, a ton of money right. coming into the industry which I think allowed a lot of new little guys to slowly collect enough pennies here and there yeah. to, to start their own little ventures along the way. Yeah. That if Patty mm-hmm. wouldn't have been so big, you wouldn't have had that trickle-down effect all along the way. This, the, the, the other side of the story that I see is that it became a, a really watered-down system that, that sold the new diver the idea that if they just bought the top-of-the-line gear and took this quick little class, it kind of set them up for thinking they were way beyond the ability that they really had because the the focus on time, commitment, experience wasn't well, really there. It was just quick cash, and quick that's class. that's purposeful. That's purposeful, Jamesy. And that's the thing. Because the draw is this reward of becoming a diver. That's the draw. It's this daring life. You know, it's the romanticized idea of being a diver. And, of course, the beauty of being underwater. But they are promising it to you with very little work. That's the whole idea. That That's the only gripe I have is anything worthwhile in life takes work. And yet they're promising, they want to promise this and say it is worthwhile. It's this great thing, but it doesn't take any work. We're going to give it to you easy, quick. Just pay us a few bucks. We've got it all organized for you. Boom, boom, boom. And that's the whole thing is their prom- the, the carrot is dangled out there and it looks like a golden carrot. But it's if, if you make it cheap, it's a gold plated carrot because you scratch it. It's, it's just it's just an old carrot. Well, it's, it's more like clo- maybe clothes or even that fake ring or something. You know, look at this. You know, it's like the QVC shopping network. It looks it's cheap. It looks just like the really valuable one. Right. And so you think, well, what's the difference between the valuable one and the, they look the same? Well, they're not the same. One takes a lot of work and effort and there's something to it. The other one is cheap crap that may look to the uninformed person. Wow. He's a diver. He's got fins. Yeah. And this, you know, this is one of the things down the middle. They got, it's like two on each foot. It's gotta be better. Any, any person that's really been into diving, that's been doing it for 20 or 30 years or even 10 years, but really put their heart into it, went to all the classes, really went out and, you know, I dove Galapagos. I've dove this cave. I've, I've dove these deep trimix dives. The romanticized idea of the diver of Lloyd Bridges and Jacques Cousteau and, uh, any other, you know, b- diver that had this image. And even I think this article will talk about the impact, the the reason diving grew. Part of it was the image that was being sold. And Patty was promising you that image at a, at no work. Just pay your, pay a few bucks, put a, put a couple bucks in. Go ahead, I say didn't it. say it. No, go ahead. Say I don't want to say, say it. it. No. No, say yeah, it. I don't want to be cliche. They, they start the, they start, <laughs> he starts the article off with it. You I put another you dollar in. I don't yeah. think he put I don't think he said that, did he? I thought he, he said something else. Fir- he put it's a, pretty it's pretty awesome and yeah. ballsy because it's the first question he asks him. Put another diver in is what it's what they wanted to say. But it's put another dollar in for those who are new to diving and don't don't know that well, Patty they, they has a really reputation. Hard to well, they can't change it because I mean Patty has has in a sense they've dug a grave that they could potentially be buried in. They wanted this. They wanted this. They I mean they do nickel and dive the instructors and, and dive masters to death. 
and they do have their own insurance agency and their own legal company, you know, their own they lawyer their own agency. Everything. Yes. So they're making a buck every time they turn around. And that is a business model. And some would say, oh, you can't criticize them for wanting to, you know, make money. And I can say, well, you, when money becomes the ultimate goal of it and not the art and the beauty, that is actually the motivation for mo- – that's what you're selling, when when you sell one thing and actually your motivation is something else, that's my criticism. That is that is where I, I think I you know yeah, the well, ire I, I comes from. There. I can hear you there. Yep. And uh, and I think after we read this and we go through this, you'll find that I'm not that far off. And it's not that I, you know I, I want to degrade Mr. Cronin at all because he did do a great service in one one respect, and he, he brought scuba diving to the mainstream. Well, let's see what. Uh... Michael Menduno found out. Yeah, and do we need to remind folks who Michael is? Because uh, he he's been a prominent figure in scuba diving, especially in tech diving circles of uh, tech divers who have been around for a couple decades, like James E. and myself. Uh, remember Michael Menduno from the Aquacore days, and he's still around. He's on Facebook. I know that he's seems like a, a great guy. I've never met him personally, so I don't know. But we've conversed with him in emails. He just opened an exhibit down at the History of Diving Museum called Pushing the Envelope, which is a an exhibit which looks at the growth of the technical diving community basically for uh, that decade, you know, from the late 80s into the late 90s, which sounds like a really fun event. I'd love to get down and check that out. Uh, we need to well, get down it's to not, it's an down exhibit. To the keys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that... You should tell folks at the History of Diving Museum, if you haven't been there, it's a really cool place. My wife even likes it. Uh, my kids even liked it. So, And they hate me. I just want you guys to know that. They hate, they <laughs> they hate, had a, they had a good they hate that I'm passionate about diving, and I, I, I bring it around to diving. Almost everything I do at home, I go, this is all about diving, you know? Because you can. Life is diving in the techniques and everything. Anyway, son, they I, hate it. Son, I need you to rake the leaves. They now, I want me. you to I, think I, about these leaves as if you were diving. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's the approach, the the methodical, uh, well-thought-out approach and the rules. You know, have an exit strategy. Have an emergency plan. Uh, you approach it with the end in mind. Diving is life. Life is diving. Yes, you, no wasted motions. Economy of motion. That's called no wasted motion. Agree to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Having sold his first Aqualung in 1954, Patty co-founder and chief executive officer, John Cronin, may well have earned the distinction of being Scuba's most successful traveling salesman. True story. The 67-year-old Irish diving mogul, Harley Batboy owner, sustaining member of the National Republican Committee, former Boy Scouts of America director, ex-Marine, and angel for a dozen charitable ventures, was reportedly the first person to rack up $1 million in sales in the fledgling U.S. scuba diving economy while teaching scuba to Joes and Bettys on the side. Five years later, Cronin was promoted to the big desk at U.S. Divers, the big blue of 60s sport diving, which he manned for more than a decade and a half while concurrently building his privately held dream, the Professional Association of Diving Instructors, PADI, P-A-D-I, the largest dive training company on the planet. A perennial tough guy, it's fair to say, that nobody knows the business of marketing like John Cronin. 
just look at the house that John built. And Patty still yeah. today, I mean, uh, once they got going, I mean, huge, it's yeah. up, up and away. Well, yeah, because once you become a giant, you can keep anybody else down, and that becomes part of your mission, uh, especially in business. You know, all's fair in love and war and business kind of thing. Launched in 1966 on Big Vision, a few bucks, a bottle of scotch, and a belly full of frustration with an industry that was turning away potential users instead of training them. You know, this is a very uh, politically incorrect story. But here's the thing. No matter how many people whine and gripe, you can't change this history. This is what happened. It was a guy drinking booze that liked diving. <laughs> now, this is the part, you know, it's a double-edged. This was. This is the romantic This is the 60s. Story. They had a Playboy magazine on the coffee table. Thus glorifying nude women. Again, this would not fly today they in probably, today's uh, youths. They were probably calling over to the wife, bring him another drink, maybe some sandwiches. <laughs> Where's my sandwich? It's the 60s. It's the 60s, of course. Cronin's patty has become a near ubiquitous institution that occupies a unique position in the diving world. Having captured roughly 60 to 70% of the training market, accounting for over 625,000 diver certifications in 1994. There's one certified every minute. And there's also one born every minute. Is somebody else said something about someone, some type of person that was, that little, was born that every was a minute? Little catchphrase of the time. There's one certified every minute, and I think it was uh, Barnum, P.T. Barnum. One born every minute. And what were they talking about? Idiots. Suckers is is the exact quote. Is a sucker born every minute. And representing nearly seventy thousand professional dues-paying members, ah, twenty-five hundred <laughs> dive centers and five hundred resorts worldwide. Patty has made diving accessible to the masses on a global scale. A fact that its competitors and vocal detractors are not easily able to forget. Now that was nineteen ninety-four. Mm-hmm. So 24 years later. 2017, uh, you know, Patty released numbers where they've been putting out nearly a million, over 900,000 yeah. certifications yeah, but a they're year plateauing now. for the last, well, they have for the last 20 years. Yeah. yeah, for the last 20 years, they've been putting out 900,000. Right. The, the, you know, and the other side of the old, you remember in the 80s, I, I remember because I was in college, and the, the thing in college that was being taught to all business majors, grow or die. You had to constantly grow or die. 25 million certifications. I guess what I'm getting at is, are we still growing? Well, I think that's the... Well, what, the what they're, what they're going to say that's is... The thing is, we're on the decline, and we're wondering why we're on the decline. Diving is on the decline well, as far as the amount of people that are staying with diving, that are going in and staying with the, the, the The amount may be in decline, but it's definitely not proportionate to the numbers of people on the planet. You would think that more people would be interested in the water and diving below the yes. water, but when you consider the size of the, the diving market and the, the, the diving industry in general compared to, you know, Golf and skiing. That's, I there mean, you the, go. Those are yeah. the comparable. When when you talk business models and and whatever models you're looking at, we're always comparing the the scuba industry with things like skiing and golf. And that's how they always sold it to people: is hey, it's not much more than it would cost you to buy golf clubs, right? Right. And yeah, same yeah. thing with skiing. You know, you take up skiing; it's not much more than you pay for skis and <laughs> and lift tickets and whatnot. Patty issues diver certifications <laughs> in over. <laughs> 200 countries and territories around the world. Wow. 
do we have any other useless facts? Yes, I do. Go ahead. Two more. <laughs> Patty professional members are in over 190 countries and territories around the world. There's only 170 countries in the world. Are they talking Mars? Patty retailers <laughs> and resorts operate in over 150 countries and territories around the world. I guess the grower die, in a sense, though, is good because it always assures that there's new businesses coming up. The big ones have to reach a limit and stop growing, and then they die, and then somebody comes up from underneath. It's a lot like vegetation, there trees, rainforests. In Europe, Patty is aggressively— So it is green. It is green. I am a—business can be green. If you promote there it like that, I never thought of it like I'm, that. I'm promoting you to CEO of TGDP. I'm already one. Of, there's two CEOs, and you, you're, they're listening to them. <laughs> In Europe, Patty is aggressively reshaping the Federation system world, where the business of sport diving is still a dirty word. Reshaping, its clubby competitors are scrambling to revamp sometimes lengthy, not-for-profit training schemes, while Patty continues to rack up share with its, quote, do-it-today motto. American Express, welcome here. Brash promoters flaunting their wares, one diving exhibition organizer admonished. Meanwhile, the PADI is reportedly growing gangbusters in Asia and has just begun to roll out its spectrum of products in South Africa in hopes of a business to beat the band, the Microsoft of diving. What works, works, as long as they don't try to reinvent the wheel. Just kidding. So those of you uh, who knew divers yeah. of the last uh, <laughs> they decade They don't know or what so, the hell he's talking about. Um, the wheel was a very well-marketed new version of the yeah. dive table, which allowed you to, to, to plan. You know, I mean, although you could, you could do a multi-level dive. Multi to do a multi-level dive well, conceivably, on a Conceivably, that was table. the whole big point of it was, you know, it was supposed to simplify the dive tables because for some reason... And I don't understand why. It, you know, dive tables seem pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, they're well, not what I'm saying complicated. Is you, could, you could do a multi-level dive on a regular dive table. Uh, you could not that not like this. No, not like, not the like wheel. this. No, well, it was never. It was never really taught. Or what do you mean? That was the just, whole thing of the wheel. Well, no, I mean the. I taught doing, the wheel. I mean doing. I did too. I mean, and you're doing, no wheel. What I'm I knew. Is, what I'm I knew. Is, <laughs> You could do a multi-level dive on a regular dive table just by... Tell me how. Zero surface interval. You go to 100 yeah. feet for the first eight, right. go eight minutes of the dive. And go across. You're now in pressure you're, group D. Yes. Right? And with zero surface interval. Well, go to zero surface interval. Yes. Yeah. And now you're so then, then you're on your next leg of the dive, you're going to go to 70. And you add right? on. So 70. Yeah. You work from that. Yeah. you could. You could I see keep, what you're saying. It, it yeah, I right. don't think so, it does. The, can, I don't think it did the it same doesn't job. Do it exactly, but people were yeah. doing that. I th I'm sure that's how they got the idea for the wheel to begin with. Maybe I thought it was a bunch of marketers came up and said, "Hey, I mean, the the other thing was people were complaining that the dive tables are too hard, so they thought that wheel would simplify." Dive Holy tables. shit! No, it <laughs> and it did not. It no, did the, the exact the opposite. Deal, the wheel yeah. was the opposite of it's, making it yeah. easier. And I re I do remember that. I was like, when I got it, I'm going. Wait, is the tip of the are arrow you or the serious people the tip already of the arrow or the <laughs> exactly. piercing the line? <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you remember the craziness of oh, that? Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. The answer is pressure group are you, P. Yeah. I got Q. Yeah, I know. I got R. Give me your wheel. Snap. <laughs> <laughs> 
go back to table. Which is why they were like, uh, just get computers. Buy a computer, exactly. And That's now what, they're trying to just do away just with tables. Do away. It is, it, for some reason, it, it seems to be there's a stigma about it. You know, the people see that matrix of a table, but it's so, it's simple. I mean, you don't got to be a genius for it. It is simple. So what are the two things they're trying to eliminate in diving, in, in mass diving education? Learning the tables and learning any of the physics laws. And they really have eliminated most of the physiology already. So take away anything that's even remotely scientific, you know, to Well, because that degree. scares people away. Because there's no science to going skiing. You don't have to know about slope. You don't have to know about gravity. You should know about yeah. speed. You should, but you force equals mass no. times velocity. <laughs> but you don't. <laughs> force equals mass times velocity. Squared, yeah. Multiplied by the square root of the tree I'm about to hit <laughs> equals ba- equals bad news. <laughs> yeah. Right, but you don't have to learn that. You know, you want to go golfing, the tree. right? Yeah, the mass you don't, you don't the have tree. to learn about wind speed. And you right. Don't, you can just go out there and golf. Does knowing about wind speed help you? Yeah, it's certainly going to help your game. Uh, but there's no there's no uh, deadly consequences to being a bad golfer. Or, I don't know, man. Uh, I hit a buddy of mine with a golf ball <laughs> yeah. once who decided to go walking down the green chasing his ball before everybody was done with their shots. Yeah, but that, now, had there's that ball a deadly been, consequence. Now, had that ball been a foot and a half higher, he might have had a deadly consequence. Uh, I was going to say, the deadly consequence wasn't for the golfer. It was the golfee. It was another golfer. It had nothing to do with his own actions. Anyway. Long the technology leader, Patty, along with the rest of the blue chip recreational establishment, were caught with their nappies down by the mixed revolution and the resulting shifts in the balance of power and underwater cool. Overnight, breathing the rarefied air of an IDC staff instructor, paled by the presumed powers of pumping perfect mix and digitally decanting D-word directives. As a result, Patty's claim to fame strategy, diving for the masses, not the classes, appeared to lose currency. As new power player hopefuls, the fledgling techie training companies and others tripped over themselves to woo the classes. But as the Microsofters know, today's classes become tomorrow's masses. It all depends on your perspective and how you play the game. So a uh, translation of that is back when tech diving started to really grow and, and boom. The Patty found themselves, you know, behind the eight ball. And that's when, and this is what we we're talking about in the last episode is word got out on the street through that Dima was saying, we ban any talking about nitrox here. Well, who pressured Dima is the thing. And that was the talk back then is that there was a certain agency, a big hammer in the, in the industry that said, if you talk about nitrox, if you are breathing nitrox, you will be eliminated. You will not be shown here and you will be it was really kind of ugly when it right, came but down. Right, but the odd thing is, is... But they said, it wasn't us. There was <laughs> there was nitrox before 1991. Well, I know. And that but then when they, they realized, holy we shit, should, this We are is, so far behind. Yeah, we're, Boom, they yeah. cut it out. Well, yeah, because they said, we don't want anyone else getting this dollar. This is going to be ours, too. We want it all. Greed is, is ugly, baby. Not a company to miss the beat for long. Patty finally announced their long-awaited Enriched Air program. And thus reversed their whole, their whole standing. Which thing. will be rolled out at Tech. Uh, this, again, this is 1995, yeah. and they were releasing it here in uh, 1996. Nitrox for the masses, modular breather courses, may not be too far behind. And then there's the new CD-ROM the first of a series of new multimedia products. 
and a crowning Cronin marketing deal to put diving on the desktops of 30 million new Windows 95 users. Fun is just a click away. How do you grow a diving business when you're already acquired the king share of the market? That's what we asked John Cronin. So we get into a, a, an interview that Michael Menduno did with the big king of the scuba world. The king of the business world of scuba. Yeah, because he wasn't, um, especially in these days, he's, he's in his late 60s now. Now he, or in those days? In the days of, uh, of this in article 90s. in the 90, yeah. in 95. Don't forget, dude, I know you're 40. You don't, you don't want to believe you're 40. You, you're like, now, you don't realize I the don't 90s are 20 years ago. I, I know it, man. It's crazy. Dude. So question number one that uh, Mr. Menduno came in with is, some people say P-A-D-I. Put another dollar in. How do you respond to that? No comment. <laughs> uh, Your Honor, <laughs> I plead the fifth on the grounds that I refuse to answer this question on the grounds it may incriminate myself. May, I may so, incriminate. Uh, so John Cronin says, it was coined by one of our illustrious competitors. Your Honor, I can't recall. Should I give, uh, should I give Cronin a little voice? He was uh, like a... Mi- he looks like a tough Midwestern uh, kind of guy. Should he have like a little, little, little gruff to his voice or something? Was he Irish? He was Irish. Yeah, we little I Irish. Of, I think it was Irish descent, not really from the old land of the leprechaun. <laughs> it was coined by one of our illustrious competitors. That's a little off. Uh, you sound kind of New York. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was I mean, he was Midwestern guy hanging around. He was a Midwestern move to move to California. You're one of the lords of Flatbush. How about I just talk? Oh sh! <laughs> no, that's no fun. I know which one. It's bullshit because if you look at what we charge our members for our products, and we do this every year and analyze it, we're a better buy. There's no doubt that someone who's a Patty retailer spends more money with Patty than somebody who is with Brand X. The reason is we've got a name brand identification of 60 to 75%. More people come in and ask for Patty certification than any other brand. The other reason that they spend more with Patty is because we've got a good product line. Everything in our product line is state of the art. And there's no doubt about that. I mean, the, 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 Patty, the Patty products, when you, especially in the 90s, they had good looking products. Yeah, and they really grew, you know, in through the, the late '90s and into the 2000s, and right up to today. I mean, beautiful product. You pick it up, and it, you, you definitely have the feel that you're buying a high quality, the especially look. compared to what other people were putting yes. out in those days. And I'm going to continually be the devil's advocate in this episode, probably, uh, just because you're 100% correct. The look of the product was very professional, very state of the art. Again. It's scratched a little. What's underneath it? It's the content that I think the divers would criticize is that it was cheapened. The content well, yeah, was yeah. cheapened. The anything that remotely was any difficulty was was not reshaped. It was removed with the whole idea of again diving for the classes, not the masses. Was not their saying. It was diving for the masses. And how do you appease the masses? Well, you ease it up. You. You dummy it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be politically correct with ease it up. It's you dummy it up because you know the masses want to do it. Anything. I yeah, exactly. No, it, it's it was to the point of you don't need to know what Boyle's law is. You just have to make it memorize. No, don't, don't hold, your, hold breath. your breath and go. Yeah, just don't hold your breath. It wasn't even don't hold your breath and go up. It was don't hold your breath. Build what the market buys is the next question. And Cronin says people don't have to buy our products. 
If you were a Patty Dive Center, you might only buy books and you may never buy another thing. Of course, that would be your mistake. Customers are dying for this stuff. That's why smart guys are buying a lot from us because they're making a piece of profit, a good enough profit that they can run a good operation and offer better services to their customers. That's what it's about. It's business. Diving is a sport. It's an industry and it's a business. We look at all three. Consumers want to do the sport and have fun. But they want to do it safely, too. If you want to get your cylinder filled, a retailer's got to be there and make at least a reasonable profit. And the instructor has to be paid. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, the instructor gets paid? See, uh, (laughs) Uh, he's lucky he's not on the stand. Yeah. We need to go back and... Uh... Well, they didn't say how much. In his, <laughs> in his defense, he didn't true. say how much, what percentage of that whole big pie that is actually going to the guy doing the work. It really wasn't designed into his business model that the actual workabee is getting a significant portion of that pie. As a matter of fact, yeah, but the workabee got the smallest portion of and that And I don't pie. think that was... I don't think he consciously I thought, and this thought is, that. And this is where I disagree with you. I think that was from the beginning. That that you know, if you if you let the instructor hold the power and get the you know lion's share of the profit of a course, the the retailers are going to be bitching. And he knows the smart business businessman knows instructors are going to you know little independent instructors are not where the money's at. The idea is to set up retailers so that diver potential divers can go to one location, large amounts of them, and they'll buy more. You know, that that's just smart business. You know, to have little independent instructors is not smart business. Having retail stores, now that's smart business. Yeah, they, you know that they're going to come in and the retailer is going to want the lion's share of the profit from a course. Just That's just how it is. Not the, not the teacher. Teacher's not going to get a, a significant amount. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but no, in the no, sense of that, right. that instructors are getting a lion's share. They're not. They they just don't. As a matter of fact, instructing is the loss leader at a shop. Well, it's it's the the sale of the the mass fins and snorkel. Thank you. When you take the class, yeah. and hopefully Which you're going to buy a BCD and a regulator. There's a percentage sales. of those people right. going to buy a BCD and a regulator. Yes, classes are loss those, leaders. End of story. And, uh, and that's a, a something I wish could go away. With certain from the agen- industry, certain agencies nice. have tried to make that go away, and that's why you know that's what was the attraction to me of going to another agency. Not that I'm not, I am still with Patty. Yeah, me too. And I'm coming up on my 20 years here this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. For right now, I'm going to I'm gonna say, I don't think in 66 he sat down and said, Bullshit. this is how we can f*** the little instructor. That's not what they the say. And let the retailer make, That's, make And the they money. never say anything like that in a meeting with salespeople and profit people and money changers. They do not say, this is how we f- somebody what they say is the majority of profit should go to this sector what and then somebody might bring up but nobody was probably in there representing the instructor in those meetings right right i got you so nobody would say hey what what about me what about me i uh (laughs) i'm doing all the work i'm the one interfacing with the students and trying to save their ass and it's my license on the line and i'm the one going to court when they get up and no nobody Nobody's doing that. Technical diving is getting a lot of press these days. Do you think it has been good for the overall business of diving? Cronin answers, it's opened up a new avenue, a new tangent. I don't think every diver is going to be a technical diver. 
I believe that one of the biggest challenges in technical diving is educating the public, which Patty is into. The second is also educating the industry and building the addition to the infrastructure so that everyone that wants to participate will have the opportunity. Let me translate that for you. <laughs> I believe we could make money off of those f***ers. I believe we can get in their wallets too. I believe we should have the lion's share of that, that part of the industry as well. Blah, 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 blah. We'd like to lead the way, blah, 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 blah. There's, no, he was thinking money. You know he was. He's a salesman. There has long been a perception that Patty has been against nitrox diving. No, they were, here's what they were against. They were against somebody else teaching nitrox diving before they could. Well, Mr. Cronin says, we don't like to jump into things. We want to be sure that Patty belongs there and that it's responsible to be promoting it. Being of reasonable size and magnitude in the industry, we research a new technology carefully before we jump into it. So when we do something, our decision is a responsible one. We're not going to make a knee-jerk reaction before we find out what we're doing in the market. They did, though. They we went and to... said it was evil right off the bat. That was a knee-jerk reaction. No, no, no. He said, we want to understand the dynamics of what's happening. No, they said it was evil. And why and, it's happening. And they didn't understand the dynamics. It was a knee-jerk reaction when you know the word came out, like, if you were caught with nitrox, you'd be removed from the instructor base. Uh, no nitrox will, it won't even say the word nitrox at DEMA. Their pressure was coming down from someone. Now, who has any ability to put pressure on the entire Diving Equipment Manufacturers Association? Who? Name somebody who does have that amount of strength and power. They're, they're over here out of one side of their mouth. We're the biggest, most powerful, and out of the other. We would never do anything like that. Bullshit. What's happening with nitrox? Um, enriched air. <laughs> So Cronin says that as far as Patty is concerned, we're in. We're thoroughly convinced that it is going to be an important part of our sport, a part of our industry. Hell, a lot of us have been involved in portions of that technology. There's no magic to it. It was around before World War II. We wanted to understand how the transition was going to take place, going from air to enriched air. What was the infrastructure going to be? What were the courses? Was it going to be a viable part of our industry? We researched it, talked to manufacturers, saw where it was going, then did a lot of surveys and stuff before we decided that we were going to enter the field. Once we made that decision, we decided that we would only be comfortable with a program that we had designed from scratch. We're going to kick it off big time at Tech and DEMA. We are going to do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it's, a, it's a great, uh, like if he was running for office, that's a great politician speech right there. You know, we're behind this. We're the ones who are gonna, going to pave the way. We're going to blaze the trail of nitrox. When in the reality, reality was people like Michael Menduno blazed the trail, okay? He was the one that did the, that was out there promoting technical diving. And while promoting technical diving, you're actually promoting the technical agencies that were being birthed at the time. Yeah, uh, definitely the counterculture exactly. to this overly marketed, white, down, whitewashed, whitewashed scuba, you know, yeah. uh, uh, appeal like to the bubble, masses. Yeah, this bubblegum yeah. bubble training yeah. that, uh, hey, for 99 bucks in a weekend, drive through. you can dive today. Yeah. Drive through fast food scuba. And that's that is just, that has been 
I think I, I don't think I'm alone. I think I can speak for a lot of instructors that have a passion for diving. That you included, who has a passion for the art and the love of diving. Sure, you got you got a certification card, but you don't have any ability. You don't have any knowledge. You don't have an appreciation, and that's what gets lost when you cheapen something. Is it a, if it's cheap, you don't appreciate. I want you. I want you to tell me something that you have that's cheap that you you're like, oh, I cherish this. Mandu- well, the other them. the other side of that too, Jamesy. I want you to think about this. Don't you think it could have been like they how they could have done this patty growth thing is divided patty into two sides, like what Ford and Lincoln is, or Chevy and Cadillac. You have something for the masses, something for everybody to afford that just wants a car to go back and forth to work, i.e., I just want to dive on a 30 to 60 foot reef. I want to do it tomorrow. I'm probably not going to become a diver for life. I want to really become a diver. Now, they say the continuing education. I would argue that. I would argue that the continuing education. I would agree too. It's, to it's, a certain part. I mean, you get rescue diver class. I think that's a, uh, it's still got some meat to it. It's yeah. got something to learn. But you still aren't learning the diving. You, and know? you are, definitely aren't learning the art of diving. The art of diving, right. And even getting into dive mastery instructor levels, you truly haven't learned the art. No, you're learning You're, you're learning, learning the machine. And how to lead, right. You're still learning the machine. There's no appreciation for the art of diving. And that's that's what I'm saying is they could have divided up, right? I don't know. That, that To me, that's it's like you, know, uh, you complain about the problems, but you offer no solution. I'm offering a solution here. They could have done this. That's they, why we're going to open up the TGDP Mountain Monastery. <laughs> the Tibet of scuba. Of scuba. <laughs> a lot of people in the business believe that Patty's entry will help legitimize the market for alternative breathing gases. Now, Cronin says... Well, I don't think that's a cheap shot at what exists. I think people say that because we have a good reputation and that whatever we come up with will be well thought out, educationally valid, and even more important, that the content of the course will be appropriate from a physiological and technical standpoint. Yeah, maybe. I uh, I don't know. I, you, I don't know. I you think look at what, I think, what I think it, it was and what well, it is now. Yeah, it, They've, it, it, they came out with kind of a stringent class. They sure did. And it's not anymore. Not anymore. You can no. do it without even the dives. The class anymore, and I don't even mean the patty class. I mean the majority of recreational right. nitrox education is how do I use a nitrox computer? You get that done. There's your card. Go dive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I, and I, and I, what I think they realized, you know, after you know a number of years of looking at it, they realized that. This is not the deadly monster that we were making it out to be back in 1992. I mean, really, I mean, nobody's dying from, you know, O2 hits every five minutes like they were claiming it was going to be. Yeah, not at all. It's, uh, I mean, th- that claim came out, again, I believe, to scare off the small guys so that Patty could jump in and say, Okay, we're here save with the Nitrox. Day. We're going to save the nit- day. We're going to make show it all you how to do yeah. it and make a buck at it at the same time. Yep. He asked him, um, <clears throat> Corona continued saying, I'm not going to say anything derogatory about anyone else's course, but I think you'll find when our Enriched Air courses come out that you'll be impressed. They're top drawer. They'll address the customer. And that continued to grow and evolve to the point where they realized we don't need to give them this much information. The customer doesn't want it. They just want to go dive. They want to stay an extra 10 minutes in 100 feet of water. Uh, let's give them 32. Let's give them a dive computer that will beep at them when uh, they get near their limit, and boom. And f- for 99 bucks, we can pop these out. Yeah, the downside of that is 
so you, you built that little step of your pyramid on top of a pyramid that was already trying to be cheapened as well. So, and what I mean by cheapen is meaning less classes for the masses. In other words, less class, less class time, less material you need to know, less understanding, just throw the gear on and go, go breathe and swim around. Less time of practice, less actually skill mastery much less. It's just less, 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 less. So Menduto asked them, how fast do you see the market for enriched air growing? And Corona says, slowly at first, the more adventurous divers have already taken to enriched air diving. From here out, it will be a promotional and educational process. Within the next five years, it could very well be 20 to 35% of the market. So he saw the money early on like he saw this this growing yeah yeah he knows what people you know he had already it's not that he was you know some kind of fortune teller he he had no psychic abilities but all you'd have to do if you were a salesperson is like look at what people are doing all these divers are this amount is of divers are gravitating towards this nitrox i just want to extrapolate that into our market share if we pushed it if we made it our number one push for continuing education, what would it look like? And then he said, "Oh my God, I see billions." You know, so yeah, we're gonna have to take. We're gonna have to do this. We're gonna have to take this. It's not even gonna be a risk. Even, I mean, there was really. I'm not. A, you know, and of course, well, sure, hindsight's twenty twenty. Well, you can you, always look back and go, "Yeah, he." Must yeah. Well, have you seen you this. you you change the you change the open water manual. So that there's these little nuggets placed all throughout the, uh, mm. the little pictures of yeah. of these green and yellow tanks, right. right? So the questions start getting asked, and these seeds get planted in the the new developing divers' heads, and he knows that in five to ten years, everybody's going to have nitrox on the brain. You know what? I think the hardest part for for Patty, the hardest thing they had to do, and and it's you got to give Patty credit because this has benefited all of us in the United States. And this had to be hard to do, being the litigious uh, society that we we are, and how our government, you know, is, wants their hands and everything. Uh, is they kept the government out of recreational scuba. It, we're not. There is no licensing, right? Right. I mean, this is all. We're all self-governed. We're self-policing. And then when you think about nitrox, it was an opportunity for the government to come in and go. You will have these. Michael comes in and says, "Like dive computers." Hmm. How about the retailer trying to get set up? Cronin says, there's many ways to go about it. We've done our research and plan to give them the resources and the ways to go about it. That's our job. Do you have plans to offer training products in other areas that have been considered technical, like deep diving or rebreathers? And Cronin says, I can tell you that our DSAT, Diving Science and Technology Division, is actively researching what our next role will be in the tech diving area. Well, even that, it's a, it's a division to actively uh, address the technical diving area that he knew was burgeoning. It was, it was booming, and he wanted, he wanted a piece of that. But he knew that recreational diving, they could, the two, never the two shall meet kind of things. He didn't want those two businesses going in he didn't want to tarnish the easiness appealing to the masses, the dumbing down of the class for of the recreational side with the necessity of knowing what you're doing the deeper you go. 
I think in his, to his credit, he could understand like, okay, in the recreational range, you can be a moron for the most part. And, and we don't have really a whole lot of liability because the rules are simple. Don't hold your breath and go up, and we teach you how to blow and go. And if we've taught you all that, the rest is on you if you kill yourself. Then you've got deep diving, where blow and go won't work. There's a ceiling. In order to really do it, you have to have a degree more of understanding and an ability. And there's actual, there's some real meat. There's, to a, the, there's real meat to it. Yes. And the, and he knew the, that. The, I think he, to his credit, I think he knew that. And I think that's where the the creature got too big is because those students carry on right with yeah. with that same set of basic gear yeah basic knowledge and, they, and they push themselves deeper and deeper and deeper on their own to the point where they've gone beyond the the knowledge the training the the skill set the understanding of where they've they gone should beyond be. Their level, right? Yes. They've yeah, gone beyond you, what they've been taught. So if you're not, you don't have a real high level of, of education from your teachers, you are at a great disadvantage. I yeah. mean, not not just not just like oh, I won't enjoy the dive it's, that much. Um, you actually is, are. It's I'm riskier. A, this is the the Karate Kid paradox, <laughs> <laughs> right? This is where Daniel you know, realized. Did you, was, just, did you just watch the Karate No, no, just, this just in the head. This yeah, is where Karate Dan, Kid's up there this learning This is where about. Daniel realized he was... Daniel's he, son. He, he done picked a fight with some dudes that can really fight. And his, ty, his YMCA Taekwondo well, I don't ain't think cutting it anymore. Daniel's son did not pick that fight. Oh, he... You know, he, well, he started... They picked the fight He with started him. flirting with the girl. And, oh, wait, wait. got himself well, wrapped up he in He f- flirting with girl. He talked to a girl, number one. He moved to a new city. He moved. I know he was just trying to make me. I'm, I'm he, was, he, I'm he was. He was singled out. Don't defend those bullies. The Cobra Kai. <laughs> Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. No mercy. <laughs> wax on, wax off, my. Well, bitch. see, that's and that's what he realized. He needed to go to Mr. Miyagi. Well, no, but he didn't seek. He did not seek Mr. Miyagi because of higher quality. He sought him because he wasn't Cobra Kai, and they both challenge each other so it, the quality really didn't have to come in there it was more of the the moral ethics of one versus the moral ethics of another well ultimately then it was the moral ethics that gave him the true strength and appreciation and power of the of making what he was doing in art that allowed him to beat the cobra kai in the what was that city sunny valley state championships i don't know i never saw the movie <laughs> I don't waste my time on Karate Kid. Oh, All Valley? The All Valley Karate Championships. Well, he won because he had true heart, and he and he fought with the art of it, not not for the macho aspect of it and the bully aspect and the power over another person aspect. He fought for the inner beauty, the inner growth, and that's where the inner strength was what carried him through. Mr. Miyagi was trying to show that to him. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in a sidebar, yeah, Menduno uh, illustrates to us that a new diver certified every minute brags Patty in their promotional literature. It doesn't appear to be an exaggeration. Patty International is the largest single entity in the recreational diving business with an estimated sales revenue in 1994 of $30 million. 
The corporation has averaged a 20% growth rate in the past decade. Patty, along with DSAT, who we were just talking about there, is a wholly owned subsidiary of the privately held Capital Investments and Ventures Corporation, (laughs) Civco. (laughs) John Cronin is the CEO and primary stockholder of both Patty and Civco and rules the roost from his office in the company's Santa Ana, California headquarters. The U.S. and U.K. branches are run from Santa Ana. Its other branches, Canada, Europe, Norway, Sweden, Australia, New Zealand, and the soon-to-be Japan, are called local area offices or franchises. The arms of Patty are extensive. It's an octopus. I'm sure it will turn a few heads when you figure it out. Let me switch gears on you a little. What makes diving so special from a marketing perspective? It's not special. It's like anything else. Well, Cronin says, it's a unique sport, an opportunity to explore a different environment, a different world. Cousteau coined it, the silent world. It really is, especially the first time in. It defies gravity. You're flying. It is a special sport, an activity where you can touch the edge of science and adventure. I think we've only tapped the surface. You read surveys about how many people would like to try diving. It's phenomenal. Well, here's the thing. So this makes you wonder in his mind, and this, if you could actually talk to the guy, and he, you know, or you could actually see in his mind for a minute. But so here's the difference between maybe a, somebody I'd criticize as a salesperson and somebody I'd, I'd say, you know, this is the fine line, right? Just like when I tried scuba diving, I was like, this is incredible. So you have one half of you like, this is so incredible. I want to share this joy. I want others to be able to feel this for the joy of it. Here's the other side. This is so incredible. I want others to want to feel this and pay me to do it. Do you see the two differences? And this is what I wonder, and this is what, I mean, judging by the fruits of the tree, you'd say, this is so wonderful. This is an incredible experience. I want to try to sell this to everybody so I can make some money. I get what you're saying. Versus just... I want it, to and, I and want to try to make talk. this available yeah, yeah. to to somebody, you know, and it's going to be work, so I'm going to need to you know, devote well, time to it, so I'm going to need money well, for so, it. Well, so and Michael says most of the people I talk to who are not divers always say, I've always wanted to do that. Well, yeah, diving is a we all I mean, we yeah, know yeah, that everywhere you go. Absolutely. Oh, I've always yeah. wanted to try that. Oh, and, I'm an instructor, you want to learn? Sure. I, and Cronin yeah. says, you hit the nail on the head. The way I look at it, we have tremendous opportunities to grow, and it's incumbent for all of us involved to find ways to introduce more people to diving. The opportunity is there. Diving's in vogue. Look at TV advertising. Somebody's selling something, and a guy or a guy and a gal are jumping into the water with or a two snorkel. two guys or three guys and a girl, two, three girls. This was 95. So, three but girls. It was, it was, well, don't think that stuff wasn't happening. Right. It just was... It was underneath it wasn't promoted in the mainstream or four four guys and one girl three guys so they're two jump, girls jumping into the water with a snorkel or but just remember scuba diving there's more than just males and females now yes yes yes, yes. So, but time, time do you want to know how many do you want to know how many there are no there's like an infinite an infinite amount of slicing up in between <laughs> they're going scuba diving it's an in thing to do we've made it we've made it available to them Make it easy to become a diver. It's not that difficult. It's not strenuous. You can go to any level you want. I'm not saying don't train them properly. I'm saying make it easy, accessible. Do it today. That's our model. 
And I get where he was going there of, hey, there's so many people that want to go diving. They they look at it as, as this huge, difficult roadblock in the way. But you're giving, uh, they you're didn't giving way too it. much credit. Well, and I'm okay with him making it super easy to do. And I've, I've got no problem. But he only wants to, to do masses. it for the money. Agreed. And that's my problem is how the diver is set up with a long-term thinking but a short-term ability. Very well said. And why is it that way? It's because, well, because the money got in the way. Of it didn't the, get in the way. The money was the motivation. And that's what happens. Didn't, I don't think it became. I think it was the motivation. Mandudo says, make the technology accessible. And he says, make it easy. True story. There was an outfit in New York that sold hiking and climbing equipment. They had a good location, great parking lot. And they moved to a new location, bigger place, better looking store. But they were a block from the parking lot. And their business went down. There are guys who walk 17 miles on a Saturday and climb up a goddamn mountain, but they're not going to walk a block to a shop. What does that tell you? It better be easy. It better be accessible. If we want the industry to grow, we have to make the sport appetizing, easy, accessible, and relatively safe. But it has to be easy to get there. I think of the job of all of us in the industry is to make diving more accessible. And I'd agree and I, with, the, with the words when you first read them and see them. Yes. And I think the moral of the parking lot was a block away was, well, you made it hard to get into the store to actually op- you know, open their mind to it. Open their mind and open their wallet to spend. And I well, think that's an issue that the industry's difficult. facing yes. today with you the with the internet world. Them to open and, their wallet. Yeah, you, you got the you got the want. brick and mortar dive shop. You know, battling the the online retailer where you know I don't oh, yeah. have to walk into a store and and talk to somebody about you know what's the best. Mm-hmm you know, outfit to get the best fin to buy. I can, you know, sit in my underwear at two o'clock in the morning, never leave my house and just have it Amazon to my front door tomorrow morning, you know? Yeah. The downside of that is you haven't seen it. Sure. And this is one of the reasons I don't buy everything offline. Well, it's, it's a, it's a huge issue for the, you know, the, 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 the the once again, fledgling diving retail market. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to buy it on the line. On the line. (laughs) Speaking of online, we are on the line. We're yes, gonna, we got to get going. This is going to be a good place yeah, to hold this long, one because this this interview's big and um, it goes into some. You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna turn this into two parts because uh, this is really uh, stretching out. And this, and we've you know, got a lot to say about all of this. We do because. And James, I think it's, and I, a, it's right in line with everything that we've been talking about for the last two years now. Right. Oh, that's what I was just going to say, James. I want to ask you this: when we talked about doing this podcast. This was the exact thing I thought we we would be doing. You know, this is the this is di- diving, the business of diving, the art of diving, the history of diving, as it is relates to right now where diving is, where our complaints about the diving industry that we'd like to see changed, the things we'd like to see changed, the things that we grew through, we watched happen, that we look at like, why did this happen? This is the horrible, like the dark side of diving, which is the business, the greed. It's not even business, it's greed. It's the amount of greed, I think, that gets under my skin. It was greed to the point that you cheapen the courses. You lessened it so much that it's a watered-down version where the masses that are produced are destroying the reefs. They have no understanding of what they're doing. 
and the although there's right. few accidents statistically, there are accidents. Right. And I, do you, don't you think a lot yeah, of them could have been prevented? Maybe they certainly could be prevented. But yeah. the problem is, too many divers come out of their training, even high level training, with an ability an to all they can see is their computer screen. Yeah, and that's it. And an overconfidence. They believe oh, that right, this, right. this, what they've been given, what they've been taught, what they have bought, what is they have it, bought more specifically, is a high quality. You know, they think they have a Rolex. They've got an Armatron or whatever brand. They don't have the Rolex. Mine, you know, I'm, your Armatron's now, been going for that, years. Now that, I'm, now that I'm looking this, at this closely, it Mine's says a Folex. It, say, it says Relox, not Rolex. Son of a bitch! Relax. I knew, I knew that for ninety nine bucks, it was it too good to be true. Rolex, it was too good yeah. to be true. The old adage: you get what you pay for. There's well, something to be said for that. This is good stuff, Especially man. In education. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with this. I'm having more fun than you are. No, no, I'm having a ton of fun, dude. Dude, I'm having a lot of fun with it, so that's good. Well, we're gonna we're gonna push this one off, folks. So um, hey, don't sign your logbooks. Don't hold your hold your logbooks. Hold your if you have a patty logbook. Put that logbook down. Drop the logbook. Step away from. Put the regulator back in your mouth. We are staying down. This is going to be a long dive. Uh, we're going to get back to this at part two next week. This has been a lot of fun. Get out there and um, hey, send us a message. What do you think so far? You, what do I think so far? What do you do? You, uh, is this here? Uh, let me send you a message. Hold on. What, what do you think so far? Is this uh, is this a is this a good topic? You like this one? You like where this is going? I uh, like. What it. are your What are your thoughts? And uh, we might include them in uh, next week's show. And so, we might uh, not. Send us some messages. Send us some Facebook posts. Rate and review us over on iTunes. Take five minutes. Get on there and do it. Thanks again to all the uh, supporters out there. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Huge been sending thanks. out new, uh, sending out more T-shirts and stickers this past couple of weeks. It's it's great to see all of the interest. So we really appreciate that. On that note, we'll see you in a week. See you in a week. We'll no, divers. You'll hear us in a you'll week. You'll hear us in a week. Divers. If you close your eyes, you may really see us. <laughs> if you're one Home. with the. Podcast Airwaves. There you go. Arrivederci. was a double-edged sword i understand it was a necessary evil to get the advancements i get in that diving too yes and, and i think they did, a fine, they did a great job there so there's, there's yeah. pluses to what he did no doubt there about is it. it's a positive and, and then negative you know thing. michael was saying that too is like yeah we would not be where we are today if and it I wasn't agree. for yeah. how great patty was in that sense